Hi, welcome to KIM with Jojo. That is Keep It Moving. Hope you're having yourself a great day. I am super excited about this episode because it's got one of my closest friends, my dearest friends. Like, this guy is, I don't know, man. I'm not going to say too much. You're just going to have to listen to everything that he has to say. But a little intro. Um, his name is Taiwo Adeyemi, and he's like so many things. He's got a company that he works with, Box Culture. Aside that, he's like done so many things. Like he has ah, where do I start from? He's been involved in branding. He's been involved in advertising to an extent. He's also been involved in a few things in Ibadan, which is where we met. We met way back in like. 2015 2016 so i've known him for quite a while right in ibadan he was involved in ibadan means business cup of tea tedx mokola like so much stuff in lagos he's involved with box culture he's also involved with road to blow he's going to explain all of that but the reason why i wanted him to be on my podcast is every time we sit together every time we talk it's like I'm always taking a little something from him. What I love about him is that he is hardworking. He's someone who genuinely has a sense of humor. He's someone who listens. Like if you want to get some clearance on certain things that he's good at, he will let you know, right? He has been super supportive of my journey as a broadcaster, as an individual who just wants to be productive, who wants to build her own brand. And I'm hoping that you can learn some things from him as well. I asked him to be on this podcast. Like we went back and forth for a while and (laughs) I'm just going to let him talk to you. But I will say this, right? He's someone that you really would want to talk to. He's someone that I think you would want to like learn from. Thing about this life, there's this saying, right? It's like follow who no road. <laughs> it's self-explanatory, but basically, if there's stuff that you don't really know, you have to link up with people who know these things better than you. And that's what I believe. Like I know I know a bunch of stuff. I don't know everything, but I like to tap from people who are better equipped with knowledge on certain um areas or certain facets of life that i would want a tune-up from right so i hope you learn from this uh <laughs> all right so let's get into the combo i was in the building i'm just gonna let him you know do what he does i'm gonna ask him a bunch of questions he's gonna answer so just <laughs> take notes if you must hi ty long time no see man how you doing hi jojo joe my joe you know that's why i call you when i'm in a good mood i'm good um as good as a nigerian in 2020 can be or anybody in the world it's been a very long year and i'm thankful for the wins i'm also thankful for the new lessons and the experiences that i've learned this year a lot has happened in a pandemic we also went through a major police brutality campaign in nigeria and a lot of these things just give me some form of perspective on how I should try as much as possible to put out everything I want to put out because nothing is promised. I mean, some people woke up one morning and they didn't have businesses again due to the um, aftermath of the protest. Their businesses were looted and all of those things. You, I mean, a lot of people also died during this protest. A lot of people have died due to the pandemic. So it's just pretty 
chilling when I I see these things and I really just want to die empty I don't want to die hoping that there's something I should have done or thinking I should have done something and I didn't do it so yeah I hope that <laughs> that's just how I'm doing well, yeah it's been interesting I've been working I've been really really working hard this year somehow I did some of my most important projects this year and yeah how are you too? All right, guy. If you could wrap up 2020 in one word or a bunch of words, what would it be and why? Well, yeah, lessons, experiences is just about me dying empty because you don't know what tomorrow holds. You don't, so you don't want to keep procrastinating on things that you can do while you're still very much here. That's what 2020 has um, taught me. Yeah, that's what 2020 has taught me. And that's how I wrap it up. Okay, now how about you tell us about Box Culture? I like to call Box Culture a 360 media agency that creates opportunities for talent and for brands. And that basically sums it up. What, what we do at Box Culture is um, we work with talents, all brands, and we help them get opportunities that can boost their brands and their, I mean, that can also make them money. So we we do media relations public relations we negotiate deals we do marketing campaigns we do advertising yeah so it is really it's really the reason why i like to call you 360 agency because there's almost nothing media related that we don't do we also do events right so we also create our own product we create our own content in-house and um yeah, that's box culture, basically. <laughs> Guy, you have had quite the journey to becoming Oga Box. Like, I remember when we met way back in 2015. And to me, I always thought that branding was your brand. So, am I right? Am I right? Am I right? I've had quite a journey to becoming Oga Box. Yeah, you're right. We we, we, we met in 2015 and I was, I, I was in Ibadan. And, um... I was very much into design, so I my, my background is advertising and design, so I was doing a lot of that then. But I always knew that there is more. I always knew that I'm made for more. So every single day I wake up looking for the new thing that can make me become a better person, a bigger person, and also change the world in better ways, basically. So I've had quite a journey, truly. So how did it all begin? So. Living in Ibadan for me was an important thing to do at the time. There was no single advertising agency in Ibadan and I knew that I needed experience in advertising agencies and I had to come to Lagos and interned at an advertising agency and from there I went to advertising school and then this is, this is to, I mean I had also a very interesting educational background. I didn't do the conventional, go to university for four years, graduate, go and serve. No, I, I didn't do all of those. I, I mean, I went to university for four years, but I never graduated and I've not, I mean, I never served. I, I never did any of these things because I knew that the Nigerian way of learning things is very archaic to me. And I did not want to waste valuable years when I knew what I could be doing clearly. So it was a difficult decision. It was not easy with my family. You know, Nigerian families are now they, they wanted to be a doctor and engineer and everything. I, mean, I did it for a bit, but it wasn't working. I found my feet in Lagos and I got a job at an advertising agency. I worked there for some months and luckily I had a very nice boss. Yeah. Who decided that my my interest in advertising is not unfounded and I when I told him that I wanted to 
go to an advertising school, you offer to pay. So I went to advertising school and I, I realized that this is what I, I could have been doing all my life. And I went back to my agency and I started working on big brands. And yeah, that's one thing agencies give you. You get you get you get to engage big brands and in the, in a matter of months I had a very solid portfolio and I had another job offer in another agency. I took it, I moved on and yeah. From there I became I became really good. And when when I left school I, I remember I spent an entire year trying to teach myself things that no university could teach me so it was a very intentional effort to be better to be valuable and yeah getting back into the agency world that year of self-development came in really handy for me and i knew that i wasn't really caught up for the nine to five life so my days were numbered in all of these places and lagos also showed me pepe and i i, I left i went back to ibadan started doing my own thing launched a design agency called brand new i started doing events i had a number of clients in ibadan i did a business conference i did a tedx event yeah and you know you were on that you were on that team so it was in ibadan i got a call to be the creative director of ama awards the African Movie Academy Awards. And it was going to be old in Kigali that year. Before then, I already got a call from a friend, Tommy Wasage, who is now my client, MC Comedian. Somehow he believed in whatever I was doing and he expected me to manage him. And Tommy at the time had a manager who, who he was just getting out of um, the relationship with. And I was like, what, what did this guy see in me? But yeah, they said if I can manage brands, I can manage talent. If I can sell brands, I can sell people. And I took him on and I started working with Tommy. Well, I, learned, I learned on the job. I, I mean, managing an MC or comedian in Nigeria is quite interesting. So I got the call to be a creative director at AMA Award in 2018. And I mean, tasking projects, stressful but rewarding in its own way. I was flown to Kigali, Rwanda, where the event was going to hold. And then I met Insef, who was hosting the, 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 the event. And yeah, because I was directing things, working on backstage, I got to interact with her a lot. And we, we just got along. And my friend who introduced me to her, Jide, was like, ah, I have to work with this person. I'm like, I'm not interested in working with this person. I don't, I don't buy hype. I just want to do my own thing in my own way. And I also don't think I'm at the place where I want to take somebody as established as interpreting on, I mean, on me. That would be some, a lot of pressure. And I mean, we just got talking after the event with the relationship got cordial. A few months after, when I looked into her, I understood we, we, we got very much close. I knew what she was going through at the time. I knew her interests and how tired she was of the industry. And I felt like I can actually work with this person to help her craft a brand in a, in a proper way, using my experience in advertising. And that was it. We started working together difficult at first nothing was working i started questioning myself because the thing about managing a talent like that is that you you're in charge of your career and if anything goes south you are almost responsible for it so you don't want to ruin somebody's career because of your you know inexperience she was patient i crafted a comeback for her to nigeria because at the time she was really not interested in the industry and from there it has been glory to glory to glory to glory and 
Ogabox was born. <laughs> the name Ogabox, so Lami, Lami gave me that name, my friend. She just, I don't know, I mean, she knows the company Box Culture, she's, she's a friend of the company and I don't know where she got it from. She just called me one day and said, Ogabox. <laughs> like, it bangs, it bangs, and I was like, it's stuck, so I need to be paying Lami royalties for this name. <laughs> Man, you've been involved in a bunch of projects, so from Cup of Tea to Ibano Means Business to TEDx Mokala and a few that happened even before we met. So walk us through all of them. Yeah, I've been involved in a bunch of projects too. <laughs> Cup of Tea. Cup of Tea was, was uh, how do I put it? I, I like communities. I like building communities because this life, the world that we live in is anchored around how many people are in your corner, your relationships, your network. So I knew that one of the things I needed to do was to build a community for myself and for people close to me, of course. It always comes in handy. So Cup of Tea was one of those things where I just wanted to have conversations and meet new people every time. And you were there at the beginning. And I did that. I did Ibadomain's business, like I mentioned. I did TEDx Mokola. I did a lot of these things. And Ibadomain's business for me was born out of by believing in that city i really believed in the battle because it was just the next lagos in quote and i wanted to tap into the opportunities that were there and i i, I thought about a business conference oh i mean that was going to gather business leaders own business owners small and medium skill businesses in the battle and general bright mind to have conversations about what can change in Ibadan and how it can become great. So I had the biggest of the biggest businesses owners, business owners come around. Yeah, it was good. TEDx Mokola also was born out of my membership. I got the license, a TEDx license to organize an event. So I did that. Jojo, you were also one of the team members in that. You've really been there. You've been there. <laughs> and I've also seen you grow. I mean, I knew where you were, BTFM life, everything. So that, that's, that's, that's just about it. I want to just make the world a better place. I want to build communities and I want to die empty. You went from becoming an Ibadan boy to a full-time Legosian. So, guy, tell me now, do you actually miss IB? And do you still visit? So, first of all, I don't like to call myself a full-time Legosian because this city is crazy. But Ibadan is always home. And, I mean, I have to be here for now because of the business that I do, the entertainment industry, show business is completely in Lagos. And you have to be here. My clients are here. And, of course, I visit Ibadan. I mean, not as often as I would want to, but my family is in Ibadan, my mom is in Ibadan, my sisters are in Ibadan. So I go to Ibadan as often as I want to. And when Lagos is running me mad, I just wake up 5 a.m., I face the express, get out, drive down to Ibadan, and two, three days, I'm back again to Lagos. Yeah, so I'm not a full-time Lagosian. I'm still going to buy a house in Ibadan. I'm still going to have a country room in Ibadan. I'm still an Ibadan boy. Yeah. You know, funny thing is that I'm, I wasn't born in Ibadan. I'm not from Ibadan. My mom, my dad, nobody's from Ibadan, but we just naturalized. We are originally from Osho State. So what were the challenges that you had with your projects and your businesses in Ibadan? Ibadan is an, it's a very interesting city. Interesting, not so much as a compliment. It has, there is this complacency and reluctance that people living in Ibadan are engraved with. And if you are doing anything 
that's it's game changing you have to go the extra mile to convince them that it's game changing you have to make them believe that they should come out and support you you have to make them believe that it's not a scam they're just very skeptical about everything so all the projects that i did in Ibadan and businesses and events i had to deal with interacting with people who were non-talents who were like a bicycle about everything and it can be frustrating, it can get to you, but eventually when you convince them beyond reasonable doubt, and maybe, for example, if you are doing an event and you bring in, say, Whiskey to Ibado, they've seen Whiskey on billboards, they've heard him on radio stations, they know he's coming to Ibado, but you almost will have to take Whiskey to their house for them to believe you. So what we'll do is to maybe make videos of the artists recording that hey guys I'll be in Ibadan soon before they can come. I mean, were you the one of somebody else in BTFM that was telling me how Ibadan people will win on radio free tickets to go see a movie and they won't show up? I, I really just don't understand what it is about them that makes them so laid back. You know, so all of these things were the things I was trying to change and the challenges I've had to face with these people. But yeah, I guess I did what I could. And do I think it's going to get better anytime soon? I honestly don't know. Because I did this thing in Ibadan for over 10 years. And I really didn't see changes. So I don't know if it's going to get better. I think Ibadan people have to travel more and see how other people do things. I mean, if you own a business in Ibadan, you're not opening your store until 10 a.m. And by 7 p.m. or 6 p.m. you are closing. Come to Lagos and see people's businesses open by 6 a.m. So I think there's a cultural difference that I can't really explain. I also think there's a little bit of leadership that we might have to blame for this. And generally, I don't, I just, I just can't explain the psychology of the difference in the people in Ibadan and the people in other states. But do you like project things getting better anytime soon? Do I think it's getting better? I don't know. But I really, really hope it does. I do not mind reenacting all of my plans for Ibadan. If I see that these things are changing, I really have big hopes for that place. Man, you have quite the clientele, like so many, including Inse Ikbe Etim. So you got to just break it down, man. How did it happen? <sighs> my clientele. Uh, my clientele. I think I was just lucky because truth is, as a talent manager, you probably need only one artist or talent to gain some form of relevance. But before you get that one talent that's going to also change the course of your career, it takes years and years and years. Somehow, I, I kind of clogged this in one year. And that's why I say, I mean, maybe grace, maybe luck. Like I already explained how I met him there. And meeting him there, of, of course, exposed me to other people in uh, caliber. And I, I, I was just really lucky and I also did not take it for granted because I kept on growing and improving on my craft and um, making sure that they see value in the person that they call manager because one thing that managing talent can do for you is put you in the shadow. For example, if I step out now to an event, everybody's asking me where's in there. I'm like, yeah, I'm also a person, you know, do you care? Do you want to ask how I am? And just ways instead so you have to make sure that you are growing your brand as a talent manager also so that you're not forever being the shadows and that's why i have an entire agency and that's why the talent management is not the way we do and uh, for example there, there is a popular manager in nigeria who once told me that 
the day you stop managing one of the biggest stars in the country, his personal brand also fizzled out and people were not picking his calls again and they realized that the reason why he was popping was because he was managing that person. And then they learned the hard way that when you're managing somebody who is very popular, you also need to make sure that you're also representing yourself well. You're also growing your own brand. And yeah, that's all I would say on that. And now you're working on Road to Blow. I've been seeing posts about it on social media and I'm like, guy, I need to find out what this is about. So tell me, tell me, tell me what's it about. Yeah, so I'm working on Road to Blow. Road to Blow is... It's a product of a pandemic, <laughs> let me just put it that way. But it's a, it's a very dear project to my heart. It's like the name implies, everybody is on this road to blow, no matter who you are, no matter what level you are. And it's difficult to become a superstar in Nigeria. Somehow everybody wants to be superstars, everybody wants to blow, the way we call it here. And we figure that the experiences that different people from different walks of life on this journey the experiences matter we wanted to document the experiences and then we considered the documentary yeah we set up a team started shooting brought a number of people on board and it's looking really 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 good but road to blue is not just a documentary it's an entire transmedia platform there are different things that i really can't go into right now that road to blue is going to become there's a game that also I mean, details the workings of the entertainment industry and the, the ups and downs that everybody will face if you're on that journey. It's like a blueprint. So it's 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 an educational platform. It's so many things. But first of all, we are starting with the documentary and we are 70% done. Maybe by the time this podcast is out, we might be done. But it's been crazy. We shot during the pandemic. So we had to be extremely careful. We also had to have people from different walks of the industry from producers who are on their journey to stardom to to talent managers to artists to actors to models to oaps everybody in the different corners of entertainment and show business in nigeria they have a say and we made sure that there is a representation on the um, documentary. So it's, it's, it's going to be interesting and you should look forward to it. Okay, but did COVID-19 affect any of your plans? And if it did, how did you work around it? Did COVID-19 affect our plans? Of course it did. I mean, COVID-19 is not the only pandemic that has, that has um, struck the country. We also had the NSAS thing that put plans in jeopardy. For example, we had to stop shooting for a few weeks because of the protest and the lootings and everything yeah so the pandemic or first of all i have to be i don't know if it's okay to be grateful to the pandemic but it was during the lockdown that i conceived the idea you know when we're <laughs> trying to figure out how the year was going to be and how else to diversify because we're getting to a point where you either diversify or you die so yeah we we're trying to diversify trying to build product and then the, the game idea came the documentary idea came so if you didn't go through a pandemic i probably wouldn't have been doing this so but yeah we walked around it so we tried to stay safe as much as we can <laughs> now you seem like quite the busy bee like you're all over the place i stalk you on social so i know but i'm curious though because i know like aside your work life you have your personal life so i want to know like how do you make that work how do you have time for your personal life how do you have time for some r and r i seem like a busy bee really <laughs> i get busy because i have people's lives people's careers on my hands and 
it can be tasking but i also have free time i'm very much in control of my schedule obviously apart from when i can't control it and probably my my, my clients are built for something and i have to be there i have to make sure it goes smoothly all of these things but beyond that i'm at home working on my personal stuff watching shows playing video games yeah but when it's busy it's busy i for example this weekend is a roller coaster it's a back-to-back there is a photo shoot for one of my clients there is a brand endorsement deal that we are trying to also activate a lot of these things i I try as much as possible to compartmentalize um when i'm busy i don't have time for social media but i try as much as possible to listen to music the most important people in my life are always around my corner at the uh, when in times like that so i try as much as possible after this podcast i want to go to the beach so yeah i have time for my personal life Okay, but what about stress? What about burnout? So stress, stress is almost inevitable if you are living in Lagos. Once you step out of your house, you are already stressed. And I try to, because I have been there, working in agencies at the beginning of my career kind of changed my life forever. I became hypertensive, I became, I was diagnosed with so many things because I was never sleeping, I was never feeling well, I was working my ass out. So I took a major, major step back. I changed my lifestyle. But you know, man's got to do what man's got to do. At, at, at this point in my career, there's a lot going on. I'm writing a book, I'm making a documentary, I'm building products, I'm representing talent. It's, I mean, it's not, it's not going to be easy, but there are times when I just know that I'm not in the mood for anything and it's probably caused by stress. And I know that, okay, when I'm burning out, I just want to, unplug and do my own thing take a long drive go to the beach play games and and i just try to not do anything yeah i mean for the longest time before i had to get busy again i stopped working mondays tuesdays i just do my own thing i i even had a had a platform that i didn't have time to run it was called live a little and it was live a little was because of what i went through when i was working in agencies so i'm very much in tune with my health I try to, yeah, leave it to literally. So, yeah. Okay, so help me out here. Let's say I want to grow my brand, but then I'm like totally lost. Like, I don't even know what my brand is. I don't know where to start. Like, what do I do? I'll try as much as possible to not make this a masterclass. And people that know me know that I don't like answering questions that are not put in context. But I will use you as an example. You're asking this question. You want to grow your brand. What brand, first of all? What's your brand? Do you know what your brand is? You don't know what your brand is. Okay, you need to figure out what your brand is. What do you do for a living? Why does it matter? Who do you do it for? How do you want people to perceive you? All of these things, you have to figure them out. And once you find answers to these questions, I tell people like that the easiest way to establish your brand, to grow it, and to find it is to understand the people who you are targeting. The people who pay you to do something for them. People who consume your podcast, the people who read your articles, your blog, the people who buy your stuff. Those are the people that when you are not there, they will make opinions. They will form opinions about your brand and about your service and it will stick so you have to be very much in charge in 
of controlling that narrative and that's how to grow your brand that's how to establish your brand that's how to control your brand and at every point in time you always know when to scale you know when to open a new website you know when to open a new store you know when to start a new podcast you know when to put your podcast on a new streaming platform you always know and this is based on simple economics demand and supply are there more people that are consuming my stuff now are there platforms that i need to reach them where's their attention now do i need to put my stuff there so when you face all of those questions you know that it's probably time to grow it when discovering what your brand is what are the people around you and what do you do for them what do you do that makes them tick what do you do that makes you tick yeah. Okay, but what about social media? Like, how do I use that to my advantage as clueless as I can be or I might be? Yeah, social media is not black and white. Like I said, you don't have to be on Twitter every day before you have a great brand. Unless your target market is on Twitter. That's that's what I already established. Once you understand your target, you know where what kind of social media platform to use or whether or not to not use social media platforms or whether or not to use emails or whether or not to use physical interactions whatever it is but this social media is where everything is right now you can literally blow on social media literally the things the way things just blow up on social media now is ridiculous and everybody must tap into it but you need to understand where the attention is for example there will be a community for podcasters i mean i have a friend who who builds communities she's not a podcaster i have another one who is not a podcaster but all they do is bring together podcasters what platform do they use is it anchor is it spotify is it soundcloud sell i mean key into those platforms if you want to share them on twitter or facebook or linkedin or snapchat and you understand that this is where my following is you must key into that platform you must create content every time you must use hashtags you must Try as much as possible to engage your, your 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 followers, respond to comments, all of those things. Make sure you have a life on social media. And yeah, every other thing you can just Google it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you got any plans for 2021? Plans for 2021? Oh my God, Jojo! I had plans for 2020, and the year just laughed. I said, "Hey, eh, you, you are planning all this." So, we got into this year not knowing what was going to happen. I remember the last major event I attended this year was Social Media Week, and that was in February. And we were all planning the, the way the year would be. Some of us were already making projections as to how much we'll make this year, that this year is going to be the game changing year, blah, 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 blah. Or more. You know what happened? The pandemic struck and everything went south. So I try as much as possible not to plan for 2021 I'll, I'll, I'll just let let it come i'm hoping for the best i, I i'm very spontaneous so i am very flexible too and how i will um i will respond to the days as they come by so i really don't have any plans set in stone apart from the fact that yeah my documentary is definitely going to come out in 2021 hopefully my book too so apart from that 2021 just come correct please please and please yeah. cool 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 all right this has been fun thanks ty you're the best thank you jojo thank you for having me this is nice thank you bye 
man i gotta say shout out to taiwo man this was just this was something like i was listening to him talk and i was taking notes i was writing down this is just serious but there's one thing that i took from everything he said he talked about not dying empty and i have to say it's like stuck in my brain because it's like we only have this life to live on earth right we all are equipped with talents skills ideas projects everything so many things that you want to do right you may get lost you may feel like some things are not worth doing meanwhile they are so why don't you just try at least try at least go on with life knowing that okay certain things or interests that you have you actually went for it you might not succeed you might fail but the truth is no successful person got to where they are now without some failure you can just check it out and go do the research yourself everybody had like to fall down a few times so that's it for this episode i'll catch you again i've got more people that i think we should learn from that we can talk to or that i can talk to <laughs> follow me on twitter and on instagram at jojo amigbe that's j-o-j-o-a-m-i-e-g-b-e gosh i gotta go man this is a lot like my brain is like busting so many times <laughs> all right god bless you all have yourself a great day and don't be a stranger to this podcast okay if you've got comments you can use the hashtag on social media especially twitter and instagram hashtag kim with jojo i will see that one we can talk more and this has been fun but i gotta run so later <laughs>